Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to another episode of Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I'm your host, Francesca Amber, and today I am joined by a very special guest who offers inspo for a new kind of holiday season. If you find yourself being really overwhelmed and stressed out by Christmas, and instead you want to just really enjoy the season and create lasting memories, she's your girl, basically. So I'd like to welcome Beth Kempton, author of Calm Christmas. That is the longest intro ever. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a joy to be here. Goodness me. What a joy to have you. You have been the soundtrack to my wintering period this year. And I've got to say, you've improved my winter. I feel like I'm wintering well because of you, because of your podcast, because of your book, because of your whole vibe. So thank you. Oh, it's so lovely to hear. I think often when you write books, you kind of write them for yourself as much as for anyone else. Um, you often write about what you need. And I'm just so glad that it's really helped you and, and in, inspired other people. Because even though Christmas can, it can seem like, oh, it's just Christmas. So it's, you know, just this commercial festival or something. I think if you're intentional about it, it can be about 10% of the entire year, right? And how you approach Christmas and December and how you winter, like you say, can make such a difference to how you feel in January as well. So it's really important. Definitely, especially with so many people getting SAD, and I definitely this year have suffered with that. Um, it's just such an important. So that's, I guess, kind of my first question is, what made you write a book about winter wellness and about Christmas? Because it's kind of random, isn't it, to have a book about <laughs> how to Christmas, how to Christmas well? And I love it. I'm here for it. But tell us about how that came about. What made you do it? it- it is very random. I'm a Japanologist by training and people in Japan eat Kentucky Fried Chicken on Christmas Day. So it's not really my specialism, you know, um, and and who's who's to say anybody is an expert on Christmas. But I have loved Christmas all my life. My eldest daughter was born on Christmas Day, which when it happened, she was two weeks late, actually. But I kind of felt like, well, that was always going to happen, seeing how much I've always loved Christmas. But when she was one, 
I it really hit me the commercialism of Christmas and I was completely overwhelmed because it was obviously her first birthday as well as one year on from the day she was born and there were just presents everywhere and everything was made of plastic and I was like this one-year-old has no idea what's going on doesn't need any of this stuff what's happened and how do I have a conversation with people about this so that this doesn't happen every year because it's just going to get bigger and we we made some changes that first year but still it wasn't quite something was still off then a couple of years later we had all my family over for Christmas when she was a toddler and we had another baby and me and my husband didn't see each other all day long and we at the end of the day we just like flopped on the sofa absolutely exhausted fed up really just having had a really rubbish Christmas even though my family's absolutely lovely and it was nice to have them around and my husband just turned to me and went I don't even like turkey and I was like neither do I why do we eat turkey and it was such a simple thing but it just made us realize that we never actually had a conversation about what we wanted Christmas to be and our children were really young and it's really important I think at that age to to think about well what do we want Christmas to be for them when they look back on it because it can be such an amazing time of memories but also if you spend it stressed that's how they'll remember Christmas so I think it began with that and then I wrote I actually wrote it a a few years ago now but this year um, I lost my mum in April and it was very sudden and out of the blue and it's been a really really difficult year and everything that I'd written in the book based on mostly what many people in my community had told me about their difficult Christmases became suddenly my reality and it was a very different look at how important it is to think about what kind of Christmas you want and need and not just go with what society is trying to tell you and it's kind of become a lantern for me again this year um it's one thing I love about it is that it shows you can write a book about absolutely anything right you just have to love it and be interested in it but I think it is such a big part of so many people's lives and yet it's such a source of stress because when you say the word Christmas the movie that plays in your head is very different to the movie that plays in my head and when people are trying to share that experience clashes happen and it's difficult when it could be so very lovely and nourishing that's really where the book came from. I love that. And I think what I love about what you're doing is, is that word intentional, like deciding what kind of Christmas you want to have. And with this podcast and with the law of attraction, it's all about creating an intentional life. And sometimes that can sound so obvious and so simple, but so many people do just stumble through life, don't they? Not really ever stepping back and thinking, how do I want to feel? How do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to be with? And and like you said, that's so interesting that Christmas is essentially a tenth of our year. And so if you are regularly not enjoying Christmas, and I'm always about making whatever year's coming being to be your best year yet. You know, every new year I do a new year goal setting party and it's always about making that year, whatever season of life you're in, however that looks, the best that it can be. And And that's so true, isn't it? Like, Christmas is a tenth of your year. My Christmas starts in September. I'm going to be real. Like I start preparing in September. This pencil hat comes out. I'm preparing. And it it is so like, it's a big chunk of your year. It's a big chunk of your energy. So something I found interesting in the book was what you were just saying at the end there about it can be a time of year that can cause a lot of conflict and a lot of stress. I am a single parent. I have two different co-parents. So it's very fucking troubling for me at this time of year. Um, And something I found really helpful in your book 
is the Christmas constellation. So I want to get you to explain mm. that. But my ex-husband um, always used to have what he called like an orphan's Christmas in, in Australia, even though he ain't an orphan, he's got a mother. But he always used to want to go, go away, go somewhere hot. For me, that's my idea of hell. And we were really sort of like in a battle about him taking away my daughter to go to Dubai at Christmas and her wanting to stay at home with the family and really reading your book about the constellation of Christmas made me realize that that part that is a tradition to him it may not be a tradition to me but about having that kind of give and take so can you explain to us a little bit what is what is the Christmas constellation how does it help us yeah well essentially I think it's it's a tool really for understanding what is important to you at Christmas and understanding what is important to those people who you share your life with or you have to, for whatever reason, share Christmas with. And not so that you can just do what you want to do and ignore everyone else and not so that you just do what everyone else wants to do and ignore yourself, but so that you understand everything that's at play and can choose the things to focus on. So when I was writing Calm Christmas, I interviewed hundreds of people in my community about what Christmas meant to them and realised that there were actually none of the symbols that we think of as being Christmas. I say we, like, for example, me thinks Christmas tree, mince pies, Christmas carols, whatever. There wasn't one that every single person connected with Christmas. You showed that everyone's Christmas is completely different. But in all the stories they shared, I realised that there was a pattern of the things that lived in people's memories and the things that brought people joy. And they were what I call the five stories of Christmas, which is the kind of fundamentals of what we call the Christmas constellation. So the, it'd be interesting to hear from which is most important to you as we go along and maybe people listening can have a think about it. But if, as I say them, you, you rate them one to 10 in your own head about how important it is to you, remembering that you might be interested in all of them, but you can't possibly prioritize all of them to the same extent and it might change as you get older but at this point in your life so the first one is the story of faith which is you know the story of Jesus birth and nativity and all of that stuff um, which for some people is incredibly important and for some people just doesn't register at all at Christmas that's the first one zero the second one <laughs> strong second zero one, <laughs> which is which is really important to understand so for someone like me I'm not religious but I absolutely love going to a candlelit carol service it's one of my oh, favorite things to you do. and me both I'm, I'm a Jesus hypocrite I spent half my life in church at baby groups and stuff I'll be going to that Chris Dingle with the best of them but but my daughter will literally say well we know Jesus isn't real it, it's it's contradictory it is what it is <laughs> Well, for me, faith is whatever you want it to be. So, there, But there's an element of that, the the story of where Christmas came from, whatever you believe about religion, you for me, like being in a church with children singing and the darkness and candles and all of that, it's about winter as well. And it's about community and all those things. So, so for example, that I, I think faith is quite important from that point of view as a story, but without being religious the second one is the story of magic which for me is just huge um and it's probably because my children are still young I don't know how long they're going to be into the magic but they still are which I'm very glad about um and that is the story of flying reindeer and Santa Claus or Father Christmas whatever you call him and all of that and I know some parents are 
very against all that and some parents are absolutely for it and you know there's no judgment this is just your personal opinion um but for me because I love magic I spend a lot of December making treasure hunts and secret things going on and and all of this and it brings something to the winter um that we don't I don't think we we need so much the rest of the year but it kind of brings you know some sparkling dust around the house um in that dark time of year and then there is connection which is really the Charles Dickens version of Christmas and people gathering around the table to eat together and share time and all of that and then the fourth one is abundance um which is very much about generosity and I, I think the commercialism of Christmas would fall under the story of abundance but it doesn't have to be a bad thing you know this is a time when we can share the blessings of our life um there's many ways to show people that you love them I happen to love wrapping up presents so that that for me is part of my love language um of Christmas um, and then the story of heritage is the fifth one so that's about all of the traditions that you particularly have in your family because of what was handed down the things that you've created new traditions that you've created for your own children um also sometimes geographically where you live in the world might have certain things that you do father christmas might arrive in your country on a different day um those kind of things so so you've got faith magic connection abundance and heritage and the Christmas constellation is really the degree to which each of those is important to you. And if you map that out and in Calm Christmas, it shows you very simply how to map that out. And then you do it for somebody else who you have to share Christmas with. Suddenly there's like this massive aha moment going, no wonder it's so stressful. Exactly what you just said before. The things I want to do is the polar opposite to what they want to do. And so then you can use that to help you make decisions. You know, it might be that actually this year, for whatever reasons, perhaps for a health reason, perhaps I know that person isn't going to have that many more Christmas with us. Christmas is with us. It's we want to do what they want to do this year as our gift to them. So they absolutely love this kind of thing. Let's make Christmas all about them this year, for example. Another year you might say, I've had such a terrible year. I'm so exhausted. I All I want to do is eat hot pot and not go out and attend no events and do absolutely nothing but I do want to have my time by the fire wrapping up gifts and all of that so it might be the story of abundance means you know something to you this year how about you well do you know what just listening to that it just struck me it's a little bit like the five love languages but for Christmas isn't it Mm. understanding what is Mm. important to like what is their Christmas love language and it's it's about kind of just yeah getting everyone's little bits in there that that they find important so for me I don't know like definitely like the magic and heritage because do you know what my sister and I put up my mum's Christmas tree yesterday and we started talking about how, I mean, we grew up in the 80s. Um, we had threadbare tinsel. Like, our tinsel was like 100 years old. You know what it's like in the 80s? Like, well, we certainly, we never really had anything new. It was very rare. Our Christmas decorations were so fucking old. They were like from when my mum was a child. And then one <laughs> And that see-through year, wrapping paper. <laughs> Do you yes, that really quickly, yes. terrible see-through wrapping paper? <laughs> it, 
it's terrible for the environment but and like the the foil decorations of the ceiling oh we were just talking about all of that and I think our mum thought that we were taking the piss out of how bad our decorations were or how bad but we were saying like do you remember that one year when mum and dad randomly bought two new pieces of tinsel one was purple and that was my sister's and one was pink and that was mine and we found them in the box of decorations and you talk about this in your book about the magic of just getting down the same old decorations from the loft and being like, look, here's that like reindeer with one broken leg or whatever. And it doesn't matter how shit those decorations are or how much you do or don't have. It's like that magic. And I'm 38 now. My sister's 42. And we still, we got out those pieces of tinsel and we're like, oh, like it was like the, the Shangri-La <laughs> or something. <laughs> just, so that, for me, I think traditions and like heritage is really important to me the magic of doing the same things every year and it having mm. that it does take on a whole vibration of its own that is just nothing short of magical isn't it I, I don't know how you really explain it but yeah it's so true I think because Christmas is this marker in our lives that comes back around and again it doesn't matter what has happened in the year best year ever worst year ever Christmas is coming you know for as long as we're alive and I think it feels to me that what happens is we go through the cycle of the year and we come back to Christmas and back to Christmas back to Christmas and things like those particular broken the reindeer with broken antlers it's like they stitch us back through time and we can just shoot back to any of the Christmases before because it's all so familiar and it's the the thing I think about traditions is they're amazing if they do that for you and they're damaging if they connect you back to difficult memories or to you know what you wanted and never had and all of that and so that's where it you know we have the possibility anytime we want to create new traditions knowing that with many more layers of Christmas you know 20 years 30 years 40 years on from that we're also going to have that kind of memory but so if we've got children so will our children they'll be the ones reaching into the box and pulling out the you know, 30 years from now, eco-friendly, whatever it is that's not tinsel. You know? um, but it's, yeah, it's so important, I think, to to recognise what traditions can do, but not to hang on to them if they don't mean anything to you. I, I remember one, when I was little, we always went to a pantomime every year and it got really expensive and my parents couldn't really afford to take us all to the pantomime, but we we went because we did it every year and we didn't necessarily even love it. And yet yeah. we always did it and it's we could have used that money for something else. Um, and that's one of the things that I really try to do consciously with my own family is say, what actually brings us joy and what do we not need to do? You know, can be Christmas without those things. Love it. Well, I know that your book is all about how to have an intentional Christmas and for it to, I think, more feel the way that you want it to feel rather than look. I think we so often think, like, how's it going to look? Like, are we doing the right things for our family and our friends or whatever? And this year, I'm definitely all about how it feels. And because of you, Mm. this is just a humble brag, I have bought and wrapped, I'm going to say, 75% of my presents before December. And that is because... I am a single mum of three. I I run my own business. I'm very busy. 
And I just thought, why would I leave all of those jobs to the season of the year where like you're supposed to be really like in the moment and enjoying it? And I'm the kind of person I can't be in the moment enjoying it unless I've fake tanned and curled my hair. I'll be honest. (laughs) So like I just want, it sounds really silly, but like I just want the time and space to be able to have that evening dedicated to a bit of self-care. And so I feel nice on my nights out that I have in December. So what would be your kind of top tips for like, creating an intentional Christmas whatever that means to you I don't think that's silly at all I think that's knowing yourself and it's a really smart way to prepare I think that's why um, November and the first week at maybe 10 days of December is so crucial if you want to be able yeah. to do that and you know for, for you a night of you know, doing your hair, for example um, it might be what for somebody else is a night of being able to sit there and you know knit some gloves for somebody whatever you know the things that take time we, it, if you if they're all left at the week before Christmas it's gonna be so stressful I'm so proud of you that you've done all your presents thank you That's absolutely and brilliant. it's also a little bit like you know you only have a certain bandwidth for things and as yeah. a mother of children you'll know like there's times like if I'm absolutely overwhelmed by Christmas, by the amount of stuff everywhere, the amount of things I have to do. Also, I'm 38 now. You know, I've got a couple of nights out planned. If I get drunk, I'm out for two days. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it, it has a knock on effect on my energy levels. I'm not going to sacrifice yeah. it, but it does have a, have a knock on effect. Like I'm not going to be the fully present mother that I want to be. If my children are asking yeah. me to play, I'm more likely to be like, oh, let's put the Grinch on and watch that. So it's about, yeah. I guess like, being intentional with your energy and conserving as much as you can to really enjoy it and show up and be present with the people around you, not just your children, the people around you, right? Yeah, completely. I mean, to come back to your question about how you want to feel, I think also there's so much illness goes around with young children at school and everything in December. You you might have everything perfectly planned and then you lose three days because they're off school. And I think being flexible to things in December is a lot easier if you've done those things in advance and it starts with that question about how do you want to feel you know this morning before my children went to school we were all sitting in the dining room next to a Christmas tree we've actually got two Christmas trees this year because we've got two windows in the front of our house let's have one in each window why not and so we were sat there next to the Christmas tree with the lights on we were writing Christmas cards they were writing them to their friends they put them in the post box at school and my husband got out the old Christmas jigsaw and started doing it this is like seven o'clock in the morning and everyone's in school uniform we put on some Christmas music and I'm like this is it this how I feel right now this moment this is Christmas for me everyone's happy everyone's doing their thing everyone's thinking about other people or just doing what they want to do it's all calm um and it that took nothing and that was on a random school day and I think Christmas can feel like Christmas any any day doesn't have to be Christmas day um and for me a big part of it is about being relaxed and present, like you said. And there are so many things that distract us from the moment, whether that's worries about money or clutter um, in our minds and in our spaces, whether it's children bickering with each other because they've just been watching telly all day or because we haven't managed to get out today because we've been working or whatever. All the daily stuff of life, because Christmas is this special time, it's almost like an excuse to to make it slightly more magical to light candles with your breakfast or whatever it is you it kind of gives you permission to clear some things out of the way and enjoy it um and so all of the 
intentionality I think is just to set yourself up for more opportunities for those moments you can't plan for them all but then if you're present you recognize them when you're here and you're like I'm not waiting for Christmas day this is Christmas right now in this moment yes and I guess that is so interchangeable when you were just talking about that I thought it's so it's not really even necessarily Christmas I think it is I'm going to say this without hesitation without a doubt Uga Uga yeah. yeah you know what I'm I talking think it's about Huga. yeah I think it's Huga yes the Huga. one's called H-Y-G-G-E we know <laughs> the cozy we, we know what we're talking about um I think it's very <laughs> interchangeable with that isn't it and that is very yes. much about creating an atmosphere and being intentional yeah. with your time and your energy and just being present in the moment and I feel like with that that I've been reading about Huga. <laughs> and calm Christmas through this whole winter period so far. I know we're not technically into winter, but you know, this whole winter period. And I can't tell you how much of an effect it's had on my winter wellness. Because winter wellness is something that I had not even heard about really up until this year. And I'm like, oh my God, it's taken me 38 years to know this about how we can really like nourish ourselves and help ourselves in winter. And I feel like your book does that. And you're right, it doesn't have to be christmas day itself especially for those of us that maybe share children on christmas day i don't know why people put so much of an emphasis on that day particularly if you don't even believe that jesus was born to a virgin on that day like it doesn't matter like you can have christmas on whatever day to see you can't you for for me it's definitely about the whole season the whole month not just Mm. in fact that day for me often is a bit of a letdown and that's why i want to (laughs) really get into your book this year because I don't want it to be a letdown Mm. I want it to feel amazing so I guess what my question is is like we can all remember one amazing Christmas right for me Mm. it was definitely when I've had a couple of shit Christmases because I got divorced and then I had a couple that were like either I was freshly divorced and like living in London on my own with my daughter so then we spent Christmas at my mum's house which was not my home Mm. I wasn't in my own home and then I had another one where I just I had two where I just moved house and like didn't have any heating working so I've had a few really shitty Christmases and then I had one amazing one where my house didn't have any building work going on it was all finished and we had a really quiet one just at home with me Mm. and my three daughters and I think my dad came over and it was just if I tried to explain to you why it was the best Christmas ever, I couldn't. It sounds shit. I was just in my living room. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing amazing happened. Mm. Michael Bublé didn't knock on my door, but it was just incredible. And that feeling was amazing. So what do you Mm. think your best Christmas was? And what do you think contributed to making it the best Christmas? Sounds like togetherness is really important to you. And that, that kind of within the sanctuary of your own home, um, which you've had the chance to, make cozy which I can see you're doing this year again so hopefully there's another beautiful one coming for you this year um for me I think I mean I'll never forget the day my daughter was born um and we got rushed home from the hospital as soon as we possibly could because everyone wanted to go and have their dinner at home um and so we had pizza on the floor and I don't even remember what anyone got for presents but we had this brand new baby um and that you know that was very special but in terms of other Christmases actually it is the simple things I live by the sea and after we started making those decisions about um, we're not gonna host for tons of people and do all the work or anything and we decided we're going to change what we eat on Christmas day and prepare it on Christmas eve so it's literally a put it in the oven job and then it's ready um, we made time to go outdoors on Christmas day which is an absolute game changer so we go to the beach every year on Christmas day and I went swimming 
um, in the sea, in my wetsuit last year. Um, and then <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Talk about a sense of aliveness. Lots of people kind of ran in in a swimming costume, screamed and ran out again. Um, they were staring at me like I was really weird and nesh in my wetsuit. And then actually I was able to stay in for a bit longer because I was, you know, covered wow. head to toe. But it was absolutely amazing. It was a beautiful day. You know, I was quite a long way offshore and just looking back um, and my husband and children were running around the beach and then I got out got warm had hot chocolate with my children have a flask we took our squirty cream and put on um we'd taken sausage rolls I'd made on Christmas Eve and it was just gorgeous you know people that we don't know and people that we do know walking along saying Merry Christmas and just really simple um and because we were I don't know somehow we've managed to convince our children to not open everything first thing in the morning so we managed to spread them out in the day so then we can go home and open presents and all of that and I think it's that the simplicity for me is is what makes it and and slowly enjoying everything um so I rather than one particular Christmas standing out I think all of them merged together since we decided to not do the things that we were expected to do um have, have really helped and I think you said three little words there which makes so much difference which is it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what anyone else outside of your unit of Christmas thinks about Christmas. All that matters is what you think about it and your experience of it. And also, I think the emotional side of things, everything comes into focus. It's like this microcosm of human life over Christmas. And to just let that come and let it go and feel how you want to feel. Um, you know, I love to take a bit of time to journal. I often actually on New Year's, New Year's Day, I very rarely drink on New Year's Eve these days because I love to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for a three hour walk um, and then sit down love with my that. journal and just write. And it's, it's like my way of entering a new year. And it doesn't matter that people think I'm weird because I'm not out partying. I'm like, I don't care. This is how I want to start my year. And I think giving yourself permission to do whatever you want and need to do based on the year that you've had is going to lead you to a, a really memorable Christmas any time. Well, this actually does lead me on to my next question. And I've I've felt this in my soul for years. And you're the first person that has ever written it down where I was like, oh, it's not just me. But when you talk about uh, Twixmas and this yes. is, am I pronouncing that the right way? I am, aren't I? It's not. Yes. It's not, yeah. Yes. You know, <laughs> from, from betwixt. Yeah, from betwixt and between that. I think that's where the word twixtmas came from. I call it right. the hush, but that, if that was a word that's kind of around. I see, yes, and the hush. So if you don't know about this, it's the time between Christmas and New Year. And you describe it in your book about being a very magical portal. You're going all in. You're using the word portal. <laughs> a very magical portal into a, a different fucking realm. And I, for years, have felt this in my soul there's something magical about that time between Christmas and New Year now I'm gonna say if you've got young children that portal don't open up it doesn't open up <laughs> every day is the fucking same but this year I'm very excited because I've got none of my children from Boxing Day until the goddamn 30th and I am so excited for my own personal Twixmas to just get bored to get yeah. fucking cozy just to let yeah. because you know I, I'm sure you're very aware of the whole cyclical living thing about having that fertile void to be able to then come back and have great ideas and have motivation mm -hmm. and enthusiasm for the year ahead 
if you are a mum, you often don't get that fertile void. That fertile void, it don't exist for us. And so I'm so excited to, and, and, and you have to be intentional with it, I guess. Like I can't, if I sit and scroll on my phone, that is not going to happen. My mind is not going to have the rest it needs. I'm not going to be able to recalibrate. I'm not going to be able to recover and rest from Christmas. But that, I'm so excited about it. So yeah, can you tell us more about this Twixmas? I, I, I'm so excited. Oh, what, how will you be spending oh, yours? What do you do? <laughs> Honestly, you're going to be like Christmas, whatever. I'm all about the <laughs> time afterwards. It, honestly, it's a life changer. And to me, I think the, the, real, the reason that I have noticed it so strongly as a portal is because I nearly always start to write my books at that time of year. I've written six books in six years. And mostly I start on Boxing Day. My husband takes the children up to see his family. They go and stay for like a week or whatever. And I get that time till New Year all to myself. I'm not having it this year, but I've had it nearly every year for like the past five or six years. And it's just exactly that. And all I do is just walk down country lanes and stop at little cafes and listen to other people's conversations and write stuff in my journal. And I go home and light candles in my onesie and cook whatever I want to eat. And it's just blissful. And actually what's really great if you if somebody asks you what you want for Christmas, think of something that's going to support your hush. Um, so what you want to do in that time. So like maybe a beautiful notebook, maybe a, a candle, like really simple things that you're going to get them on Christmas Day. And everyone is going to be like, yes, I've got these few days coming. And it's it's all for me. Um, I think you're going to absolutely love it. And it is difficult if you have family at home, but that, there's no reason that you can't do a mini version like three hours, you know anyone can find three hours um, to ask somebody else to have the children, take them to the cinema or anything like that. And as long as you know that time is coming, you can be prepared for it. So as soon as the front door shuts and they're gone, you're in your, you know, you're opening the other door to to that portal. And I, it is, I think it's to do with the fact that the whole world slows down. I know some people still have to work, people on shift and all of that, but the vast majority of the world doesn't, mind if you haven't replied to an email and all of that stuff the expectation level seems to drop everywhere and I think the only other time that this happened is during the pandemic it's a very similar kind of mini version of that when it's totally fine if you took longer to do something and I think that's why so many people love the pandemic and what was really interesting about that calm Christmas is the UK version came out before the pandemic and the US version came out afterwards Um, and so there's very so many people said the pandemic was an absolute relief to them. They thought that Christmas was going to be terrible and they had their best Christmas ever because they didn't have to travel. They didn't have any expectations from from friends and family. There were a lot less events, so they were less exhausted and less hungover. And it was basically a really great time to take care of themselves. So obviously we don't want the pandemic back, but the, all the good things of that time, the slowness and the intentionality and the, the, all of that, we can have that every year if we can build that in. Um, I think there's a tendency, for whatever reason, for everyone to plan to see other people all the time and to have, mm. you know, some people love an open door. And that's obviously if that's your personality, that's fine. But even if you're the most outgoing person ever, I really encourage you to take a little bit of time 
to just have some quiet while that portal door is open and see what happens. I think it is an incredible time, like you said, that fertile void for ideas coming in. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily the time to start actioning them. I think that's brilliant for spring, but such a great time to reflect on the year, think about changes, all of the work that you do, Francesca. I mean, it's just dream time for that, right? And and thinking up what you want to bring into your life. It's the perfect time for that without feeling like you have to go and do it straight away. Right. Yes. So create your own little mini pandemic, your own mini lockdown. Maybe tell people you've got coronavirus. Maybe hide in a bedroom and tell people <laughs> I'm very ill and I'm very it. contagious. That's how you open the portal. That's what that's what I'm going to do in future years when I don't have this opportunity. Um, well, hang on. Well, how are we doing for time? I wanted to ask you one last thing before we kind of get on to the end. What, you don't have to tell me. What was your worst Christmas and why do you think it was your worst? Do you have one that stands out? I do have one from, yeah, I have one from my early 20s when um, I think my brother was, um, he wasn't quite married, but maybe engaged. Um, My other brother is much younger than me, but I remember being in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house with no boyfriend um, and just like, going what what is going on with my life like this is not where I expected to be at this point I don't know why I mean it's only early 20s you know it's I think I was judging myself quite a lot but just really sensing that what I was expecting um at that point in my life generally I kind of put it all on Christmas and went this is shit like I'm really grateful for my parent you know presents from my parents and all of that but I'd much rather be at winter wonderland with a boyfriend or whatever and I think sometimes those like feelings of loneliness um feelings of regret maybe all of those things come into focus especially if you're not in your own environment like you were saying about being at your mum's that year um and I think there's always something about being in a childhood bedroom that just kind of reminds you of all sorts of things um and I I think I wish that I'd known that that I wouldn't always be like that And actually, there were precious things about that time. That was probably the last time I ever actually spent Christmas in my parents' home over the holidays. You know, my mum's not here anymore. Um, So even in the hardest time, there is something precious about the fact that that is only going to be once or not many more times. And we don't know what Christmas is going to bring next time. So I think it's kind of like, I wish I'd been able to give myself a little bit more hope um, and said, just embrace the Christmas dinner that your mum's making for you because next time you're going to have to make it yourself. You know, <laughs> oh, I think oh. everybody's had difficult Christmases, um, but really the more we understand what brings us joy, even in the middle of a really dark time, we can have those moments and it's completely okay to feel happy or uplifted or somehow, you know, some bittersweet feeling in the middle of everything else. And I think we want to be present enough to recognise that when it comes and take it in because often, you know, in a dark time, there's a lot of darkness and it could be like that candlelight, you know. Yeah. And it's weird, isn't it, how Christmas does exacerbate anything, good or bad, 
that's going on in your life, isn't it? Like if you if you're in a good place, I always remember my first daughter's first Christmas. I mean, that was fucking magical. Mm. We're just like, oh my god, it's amazing. But likewise, if you are having a tough time in whatever way, like it just exacerbates it, doesn't it? And it just highlights yeah. everything and makes you feel like, oh god, it's forever. Um, but yeah. I think that's why this book is so important because some people listening to this right now, for whatever reason, will be dreading Christmas. There may be people that are spending their first Christmas away from their children or without their mum like you or maybe away from home or whatever and so I think it's such important well I know it sounds so silly like Christmas <laughs> but it's like it's not mm. what you're doing is so important and it helps people through such a difficult time so thank you so much for everything that you're doing so not only the book you also have a podcast that is number one in my personal charts right now um it's called <laughs> calm christmas is it, is it, is it, same? it is christmas. the calm christmas podcast yeah it's like a tonic is, for yes. my soul it's oh bless I, I love it i love listening to it in the car my my podcast of choice is usually murder and now my children are getting older it's not quite appropriate to listen to people getting their heads chopped off whilst you're in the car it's not the most festive thing so this has been some light <laughs> relief for them and me <laughs> to listen to your podcast such... and it's lovely it's lovely how many years have you done Aww. it for this is the fourth year. I absolutely love it. It's just because I started in September, so next September I'm gonna I'm gonna be sending you a message going, "Let's go." <laughs> um, I thought I was the only one doing anything in September, but I begin planning. Actually, I began planning for this one um, back just before my mum died because she wanted to help me think through it all, and it's been just a real treasure um, because each episode is about something different, whether it's about wellness or about gifting or about you know pausing honoring and remember though remembering those that we miss um each one has a particular focus and it's made me focus on those things I like to do a lot of research it's a great excuse to buy all sorts of books I love sharing poetry and I just think words can be medicine anytime but especially um in in winter time they can be really soothing so it's a pleasure to do it I'm so glad you enjoy it and hopefully um there's one in series two which I say you have to turn it off if there's children listening because we're talking about father Christmas but um (laughs) not that's that's last that's the the season before but no it's a joy I I think also yeah 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 so this one is season three actually last year I only did a one-off special because I was I did exactly what I encourage other people to do I said I've had too much going on this year I cannot make a whole podcast series here's a one-off special and then we came back this year with with season three but one of the things that's reminded me to do is to really think about the experience of Christmas for so many other people like I have to there's no one listenership it's not like women between 25 and 30 and that's it it's it's all ages men and women some people listen with their children um and so I and people listen all around the world so I had to really think about other people's experiences of Christmas and one thing that's come up over and over again is this I is this awareness of how lonely and um sad a time Christmas could be for so many people not just because they're physically alone it's amazing how many people feel lonely in a house full of people because a particular relationship's not working out or, or, you know, their expectations are not what they thought they are not how things are working out. And it just, everything um, feels difficult. And it's just always to me a reminder to be kind 
to other people like we never know what's going on for them and I think you know at Christmas time it's everyone sees everything else on Instagram on the high street all you know Christmas happy Christmas so visible everywhere and yet that's not the full reality for I would say almost everyone um certain you know everyone has things going on and so it's really lovely to remember that at, at this time of year and the podcast has reminded me to do that that Christmas isn't just what I think it is um it's lots of things to lots of people well, your podcast, I'm sure, is helping so many people. And I have to say, it is now one of my new Christmas traditions. I've taken it on. For me, Christmas will start when I start listening to the Calm Christmas podcast. Um, I don't do any of the crafts that you suggest. I don't make any of the recipes that you suggest. But I like to listen to it. I like to listen to you describe apples, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> It's so funny, actually. I put my banana bread recipe in the first one this season. And the amount of people that sent me photographs on Instagram going, I just made banana bread for my children before they came home from school. And I was like, oh my God, some people actually make it. I just, I, I read cookery books without making anything because I like, like exactly like that, words about food. But um, I have to say the same about you, honestly, listening to your podcast, your, the way that you swear is so liberating for me. I've gone through most of my life, I'm 46 very rarely using the F word. And I actually put it in my latest book and felt very proud of myself. I'm like, whatever, I'm at an age now. (laughs) But just the way that you swear is so liberating. I love it. And your, I don't know, your approach is so real and you have brilliant ideas um, for all the things that you share on there. So thank you for inspiring people in your way. And We're just inspiring to each other, basically, is what we're trying to say. (laughs) Well, it's it's so lovely that... You know, we get to do this and call it work. And I think it's a reminder yeah. that any anybody can. It's like if you love something enough and you're interested enough in something, you can turn it into something and spend your days doing that thing. Would you ever branch out into Easter or nah? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm guessing with your I'm guessing with your faith commitments, you're not gonna be that interested in talking about Easter unless it's like a chocolate episode, right? Do you know what? If it's all about dressing your children in pastels and collecting eggs, I'm all about that life. I, I love it. I just don't want to talk about Jesus, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. If you want to know more about Beth's work, if you want to read Calm Christmas, but you're the kind of person that really struggles to read a book, guess what? We're doing it starting today. Wait, Friday is the 1st of December, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. We're starting it today in the book club. Yes, the UK's largest self development book club we are doing calm christmas and a happy new year so if you want to spend a month with us reading about being fucking cozy and just intentional and enjoying the festive season come and join us the link is down below as always is there anything that you want to promote can you tell us where we can find you what else you offer where we can find you on instagram let us know you can find me on instagram at beth kempton i've written all sorts of self-help books so look me up on amazon beth kempton I write a lot about living fully, um, doing what you love, making the most of life. And I have a lot of online courses at dowhatyouloveforlife.com that help you become more creative, get books published, um, basically make the most of this short and precious life. And I'd love to meet you. Come and say hi, especially if you're, you've been reading Calm Christmas. I'd love to see what difference it's made in your life this December. Do come and find me on Instagram. Oh, you'll start getting a deluge, an avalanche, should we say, to be in the spirit of Christmas. You'll start getting an avalanche of messages from people saying how much it's changed their Christmas. Trust me. So it's all coming. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for lighting up our Christmas. And I hope that this year 
is a good one for you. The first one without your mum, it's going to be hard, but I hope that you can find joy in it in whatever way you can. And I will see you bitches next week. The law of attraction has changed my life. It's going to change yours too. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.